the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good, warm morning hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dearly beloved friends, and with me in the studio today, a wonderful friend and an asset to the local society and to the academia and to the legal system um, locally in Colorado and to the U.S. With him today, we'll welcome this morning, we welcome you to this good Sunday morning with Father Andre. With me in the studio, Dr. Julian Dan Raven, um, who is an adjunct professor of law and business at Arapaho Community College. Good morning. Good morning, Father. Um, what do I call you, Julian? Julian is fine. Julian is fine. Um, and this morning we're going to pray. Listen, um, we are coming near um, the beginning of um, Thanksgiving, and we just celebrated Halloween, and uh, definitely we celebrated All Saints Day, All Souls, and now uh, we're going to come into the time of Advent. So, friends... We're going to enter into this Advent with the spirit of the resurrection. Yeah, I know it's a little bit of contradiction. Usually you enter into Advent with the spirit of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, who's coming in the flesh, basically, as uh, the Son of Mary, the Son of God from the Holy Spirit, to redeem and to save us. But this time I want you to enter into Advent and Christmas with the spirit of the resurrection, because it is the victory. It is a victory over death, over evil, and it is actually, it fulfills the purpose of our bodies. And what is the purpose of our bodies? Is that we rise from the dust, we rise from the darkness of the grave, and like Jesus Christ, we become living beings for eternity, and we inherit the eternal kingdom. So, if there is something to learn from this time, um, in which we celebrated the dead people, basically, and all souls, and then all saints, people who left their marks in society, in church, in the world, in nations, in civilizations, um, telling their own personal story, affecting the destiny of all of humanity, that it made it pleasing to God. And this is a point of our show, faith, family, freedom, and the culture of life. We promote, we protect and we raise, aware, we raise awareness about the persecuted Christians in the world. And obviously today, United States, it needs our support. While Jesus is yet to be born, I do believe United States now is falling under a cross. And that cross is causing division. 
that cross is causing some hate. That cross is causing and somehow confusion, big time confusion. That cross is causing a big, big, big um, a scandal in the medical system, I believe, and the human rights, constitutional rights of American citizens. So we have to pray together and work together. And today with uh, Dr. Julian, who will be also with us, our guest for um, next show. So two shows in a row, because he's an expert, basically, um, in, in um, Austrian economic theories, in business laws, in constitutional law as well, and definitely in criminal justice. Hopefully we don't get that far uh, with his expertise. Hopefully everybody will get along just fine. And uh, we use our expertise in order to make people live and survive the coronavirus instead of uh, um, allowing the coronavirus to be a pretext and a reason for uh, population control, I guess, or for uh, uh, eventual death toll that could be on the rise and somehow here in the U.S. and else in the world. But first and foremost, let me again welcome you. Good Sunday morning with Father Andre, and this morning, let us pray together. We will pray in Psalm 31. This morning, we will pray in Psalm 31. For those who have their Bibles, whether you use King James Version or use uh, any other version, Catholic Edition Version, uh, International Version, please open Psalm 31. A troubled person's confident appeal to God. A troubled person's confident appeal to God. And let us raise our appeal to Almighty God amidst this troubling time, economically, spiritually, health-wise, physically, in the government, in the private, and in the public sector, as a human beings, as people of religion and faith. All of us are suffering. Let us gather our efforts. Let us breathe the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And let us say with the Lord Jesus Christ, who said in the Gospel of Luke chapter 23, verse 46, Father, into your hands I command my spirit. And all of us on behalf of America, let us commend the spirit of America to Almighty God. God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Bow down and hear me, Lord. Come to my rescue. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, set me free. Hear me and speedily rescue me. Be a rock of refuge for me, a mighty stronghold to save me. For you are my rock, my stronghold. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Release me from the snares they have hidden. For you are my refuge, Lord. Into your hands I command my spirit. It is you who will redeem me, Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Let us pray. God of kindness and truth, you saved your chosen one, Jesus Christ, and you gave your martyrs strength. On this holy morning of the Sunday, 
I ask you, Lord, watch over your people who come to you here and strengthen the hearts of those who hope in you, that they may proclaim your saving acts of kindness in the eternal city. We ask this through Christ Jesus, our Lord, your only Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, the one God, forever and ever. Amen. Good Sunday morning, um, Julian. I don't know how many times you've seen me pray, I guess. Uncountable at this point. God bless you. You know, I'm, I want to keep up with your interest in education, actually, one, mm. and ask you, what is your education about Christian faith in general? What, how, if you were to be the preacher or the priest or the apostle or the disciple, would you invite your students to join Christianity and why? Um, you're asking for my background in, your in the background, study of Christianity. Yes. All right. Well, I grew up Catholic. Um, I, I was always very fascinated by the church. I was, uh, I thought its ceremony and its history were incomparable. Um, so for a brief moment, before I came to my senses, I actually wanted to be a priest. Um, <laughs> we, Do you really want to say before you came to your senses or before some tragedies no, no, no. I, I came to my senses. I'm much better suited as a scholar and a lawyer. Oh, I see. I see. Um, but I never lost the interest in the church. And so I, I studied Catholic theology for quite a bit. I studied general Christian theology after that. Um, I've studied some of the Eastern traditions as well. So, yeah, I, I think anyone who wants to understand the legal system of the West, anyone who wants to understand the history of this United States, you need to understand the history of Christianity, as and especially the history of the church. That's a beautiful point being well made. This is Dr. Julian Dunraven, an expert in constitutional law and adjunct professor himself at Arapa Community College. Um, with good Sunday morning with Father Andre, we're gonna converse definitely about the choices that are being uh, put out on a table for the American people. I guess somebody is a choosing for us and we're talking in relationship to our faith, to our family, to our health, I believe, um, in a special way to our unity and uh, to whether or not we are allowed to go to work uh, in relationship to the COVID-19, to the vaccine, to the mandate of the vaccine. And unfortunately, all the consequences that are coming from it. And uh, Dr. Julian, you're talking about your education about the church, um, the Catholic faith, um, which is uh, your faith of birth, um, as a matter of fact. But then I know you encountered Christianity um, in its most ambient meaning and ambient way. And you're a very good friend with the faith-based communities and leaders in Colorado. What do you see the role of Christianity today in America facing the virus? I think the role of religion today is no different than it has always been. It is religion exists to give people hope, to give people direction and moral guidance. Religion is there to help people guide their lives and to be in to fill the gap uh, that government does not. And that is, I think, the big failure of religion today is that they have abdicated too much to government 
And as a result, we are seeing government take over and fill in all those roles that religion used to be, where where religion used to give people purpose and moral direction, we now have government mandates. I see. Where we used to have freedom and belief and virtue, we now have compulsion that has no virtue to it because it's mandated. Well, what made the church um, or religion in general? Are you saying all religious grounds and backgrounds in the U.S. or namely you're saying the church, whether it's the Protestant, evangelical, whether it is the Catholic or whether it's any other affiliation to the Lord Jesus Christ? It could be Mormons. It could be um, any other dimension um, of a church community, of, of members of the body of Christ. Mostly I think I'm speaking of, uh, of Christianity. Uh, Islam, as you know, carries a legal element to it. So it is a system that is more naturally married to government action. The Eastern religions, while they are growing in population here in the United States, are still not a significant number. However, Christianity has a peculiar role in which Christian members are called to be soldiers of Christ, yes? Mm -hmm. Yet that's a very strange type of soldier, isn't it? where you have to go out and fight, not with weapons, but with no, no sharper instrument than one's own tongue and hope it is persuasive, and no greater armor than one's own example. And by this, one has to persuade one's fellows and hopefully lead them into the path of Christ. And so you really count on education in order to fight. You're saying Education the and persuasion. And persuasion. And they have abandoned that. And as they have done so, I think the government has necessarily stepped in and taken up everything that Christianity has, has hitherto done. Care for the poor, care for the sick, care for the people. That should all be done by the churches. Now it's being done by government. Was that orchestrated? Was that like engineered, if I may say? Or you, th you simply think the church developed different um, interests and then automatically the government came to fill the blank? It sounds that way, what you're saying. And don't you think it's a little bit... Uh, um, intentional? Intentional? Yes. I think the provision of the IRS tax code that linked churches' tax-exempt status to their um, right to political preach. neutrality... Yeah. That, that really curtailed the actions of the churches. And trying to divorce one's politics from one's religion, from one's life, I, I do not think people are so easily categor categorized into tiny little boxes. Correct. I, I think that almost all of this is universal in how people behave, how people act, and it's very difficult to limit one's engagement just to church on Sundays, for instance as opposed to going to the ballot box or engaging in natural issues of the day. These are all religious issues because religion dictates people's morality. Correct. Yet as long as the IRS has a, has a code saying that we will revoke the tax-exempt status of any church that dares to talk about politics, or as it seems to be more, dares to talk about politics in a way that our government does not like, we will revoke their, ta their tax-exempt status, that cripples the churches. However, I would like to see some of the churches actually have the courage to stand up to that and to say that this is a prior restriction on speech and a violation of the First Amendment. You know, speaking about this, um, Fulton Sheen, I know you probably have, have heard of Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Mm. Um, he had uh, radio shows, TV shows in the 50s, 60s, 70s before he passed away in the late 70s. Uh, he does say, um, and somehow... Um, 
it was a public opinion that crucified the Christ. Is, yes. is there public opinion in the United States today that is a crucifying Christianity? I think there might be, I, especially among young people and college students, etc. I, I think it is always somewhat astonishing to them to learn that most of, for instance, the Renaissance and the Enlightenment, they began with Christian theories. Uh, some of what we have thought of as the progression of human rights began in the church. And yet this is an amazing to many young people today, many students, uh, many academics, many professionals, really, who grow up in a nihilistic sort of educational system that has purged itself of anything resembling religion and it lives in terror of speaking anything resembling religion. I think largely because, yes, the public views Christianity today in the only way in which they see them, which is not reaching out, which is not helping the people, which is not defending liberty or life, but in condemnation of everyone around them. The only place you see the church active today is where it, it harangues other people for why they are sinful, why they are disliked, why they are not members of the in crowd, so to speak. So do you like the church to be more on the side of uh, the outward sinners or you like the church to be amidst the elites of society, the virtuous people? What, do, do, do you see where the um, schizophrenia of the church or the, the battle of the church, where do I stand? Both of them are my children. Um, as a church, for those who are joining us, this is Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre, and we are conversing um, together on this holy, beautiful morning um, with Dr. Julian Dan Raven, um, um, a lawyer, actually, an expert in constitutional law and adjunct professor um, at Arapaho Community College and practicing attorney. Um, so in, in, this, in this battle between the church losing its leadership, the government coming in, whether intentionally or unintentionally, most likely seemingly intentionally, and taking over the services of the poor, the services of the care for the sick people. I want us to enter now into the COVID. So now the government is actually caring for the COVID people. Usually in the past, Christianity developed the largest medical health care provider. I do believe still is one of the largest in, in, in the world. People still might, one of the greatest hospitals. Still one ours. of the greatest yeah. hospitals that there are, right? Yes. But in the medical ethics, it, those doctors are not saying too much. It's the government that is actually making the mandates over the vaccine and the uh, COVID uh, and the pandemic, uh, whether it exists or, or, or not. Um, in this context, the church lost, lost its voice, and the church is obeying, is following the voice of the government. Is this something good or bad? I think it's profoundly bad. I, I, I think when the church has abdicated its authority to the point where it now condones its own congregations being forbidden to gather, I, th I think that is a terrible thing. The First Amendment is the First Amendment for a reason. The, the idea that people should gather together to talk about what they believe, to express their beliefs, to come together to petition their government, this is by far the most fundamental freedom we have. Without it, none of the others matter. And the mandate does not respect this anymore. Correct. And the church is not protecting this, even though the church is given what we call religious exemptions. But why do we see this wave of refusing the religious exemptions? The religious exemptions, I think is an attack on, in the same way that the IRS regulation was, um, an attack on the function of, of Christianity and the churches as an alternative authority to government. 
The government in this country was never supposed to be all-powerful, dictating everyone's life. It was supposed to be a caretaker. It was supposed to get people through the basic functions of protection mm-hmm. and commerce. That's about it. The, everything else was left to local governments and to the churches. The, the modern exemptions that we are now talking about uh, in any vaccine as required by the Supreme Court <laughs> has uh, two elements to it. You can compel a vaccine requirement. However, you also need a religious exemption and you need a medical exemption. And if you do not have these things, there must be some rational basis for why you are why you are excluding them. It would be almost impossible to imagine today why there would be a rational basis to exclude medical or religious exemption for the vaccines, however, as we've had now close to two years of operating without, without the vaccine, really, and having these people interact with patients, interact with each other, and do just fine. We have social distancing requirements. We're having testing requirements. All of this seems to indicate that these people, whether vaccinated or not, who have been handling our health care for the last two years, can continue to do so safely uh, and without, without trouble. The vaccine requirements, however, seem to indicate that no one who is unvaccinated is safe to be around anyone who is. That makes very little sense. If the vaccines are supposed to protect all of us, then the only thing that these people who are unvaccinated have to fear are themselves. And that's a risk they're willing to take. Right. And, you know, what, what I noticed, the, the priorities um, about the mandate is to stop the spread of the actual disease, it seems, right? It's mm-hmm. not, they're not actually talking too much about treating the disease. Treating the disease is where we should also focus equally um, as much as stopping its spread. But um, why wouldn't the government want to admit that scientifically there are tons, a vast, a basin amount of information that is already showing that the vaccine does not stop the spread of the disease? And poor vaccinated people, we're basically carrying the disease and we are part of the spread. And now we're given that freedom to move around and sometimes without care. And we're still spreading the disease. Uh, isn't this counterproductive? I think it's very counterproductive. Um, I don't, you're correct in that the vaccine does not prevent transmission. So unvaccinated or vaccinated, right. not preventing transmission. The vaccine does seem to prevent severity of infection. So it will prevent hospitalization and it will present, prevent death. Correct. But it does not prevent transmission. Transmission follows anyway, and I think part of the reason for the vaccine that we have had such an incredible push towards it, one of the requirements for emergency authorization is that there are no other treatments available. So I think part of what what our government did in ignoring virtually every other treatment being developed was because it was so focused on the vaccine and making sure that it could qualify for these special exemptions that it kept that open for quite a long time until full FDA approval. Now that we have full FDA approval, we probably should see a development of a great many more, or not vaccines, but a great deal more treatments for the virus. Death is a troubling factor. 
mm-hmm. know, um, Pope um, Benedict XVI, and I know uh, when it comes to education and science, I, I know you have a high respect to Pope Benedict's writings um, a lot, and we, we want to greet, of course, uh, Pope, Pope Francis. Um, he says in his book, um, Jesus of Nazareth, and this is, I believe, the second book, Holy Week, from the entrance into Jerusalem to the resurrection. We have one minute left. He speaks about Jesus trembling when he went to the tomb of Lazarus um, to raise him up. Jesus basically uh, was 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 a troubled and somehow John speaks three times of Jesus being troubled beside the grave of Lazarus. Uh, doctor, we have less than a minute, and then we, I'll see you next Sunday, of course. Is United States troubled in front of the COVID-19? Absolutely. I think we're torn to shreds trying to decide how best to handle a health crisis while respecting civil rights. And you can do both, but we need a great deal of, of help in, in, in figuring out how to do that second part and protect against civil rights. And that is... I think what you and I will talk about next week. Absolutely. With the developments of these litigations. I want to thank I want to thank you so much Dr. Julian. This is amazing that we we laid the foundational problem. We want to prevent death yet at the same time we want to respect our freedoms and want to respect the constitutional rights of our American people because whatever America will do the entire the rest of the world is going to follow. Let us pray together. O oh God of truth, you detest those who worship false and empty gods. As for me, I trust in the Lord. Let me be glad and rejoice in your love. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with with Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.